0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike German. I am here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And this is the first of our year-end holiday wrap-up. You'll be getting six pods over the next six days, discussing some of our favorite music, TV shows, and movies from 2019, as well as the year's biggest disappointments and some surprises. Uh, yeah, guys, that's right. I wrote that
1: on the way here to do this, that was very uh, good. this podcast. You're a good reader. What are the surprises, though? What could they possibly be? Oh, well, or are they for me? Because I don't know what they could be. <laughs> that's actually one of our subjects coming
0: up, probably in episode five. Mm.
1: Did you a not surprise su- for me? No,
0: the biggest surprise of the year. Oh, you things. mean.
2: Oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah. So what was the surprise for you in 2019? We're not surprising you with anything. <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
0: <laughs> Although Max don't speak so soon because this is a holiday podcast. Mm. I brought you guys both a gift to Come kick it on. off. Right. It's the holidays. So I brought uh, you guys
2: something. Oh, yeah. Oh, are no. you serious? Yeah. Oh,
1: Hmm. come
2: on. (laughs) Me and Shane, Shane, did you get Mike anything? Of
1: course I did. (laughs) I just have to go back home and get it because I forgot it. Oh, jeez. What What do we have? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this
2: is great.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Is it the Veerman ring? (laughs) No.
2: I got the ring. This is great. You just re-gifted the gift from your brother to to Shane? Please.
0: No, he got the replica from opening Uh, night.
2: This This is awesome though. Oh my god.
0: Because Shane had said he wanted the replica. And if you look, they have the cool holder thing in the box as well so that you can like actually... Do Uh, you have yours? I didn't bring it. I didn't bring it to Hamilton tonight. Oh,
1: I thought we were all going to wear it. So for our oh, listeners. Oh, I didn't think I was going to get one. <laughs> I thought I thought virtual told me he might wear it. Well, here's his. the
0: funny thing, is if, if virtual does wear his ring out tonight, you'll have that one to wear out tonight, which will be funny. I'm wearing it all night. I love it. This is awesome. That's so, so okay. and actually a, a pod, I think, a uh, uh, listener <laughs> you, suggested maybe on my my Instagram that now Shane should get the opening night replica ring. So when you're done with it, that's the thing it sits in on your desk. Mm. Like, it will go in there, yeah.
1: I don't think I'll ever take it. I'll,
0: oh, I'll man. I'm glad it. you like it so much. I never know. I, I just knew that you wanted one from opening night, so I was happy oh, it's to. very cool. Like, yeah. when
1: I'm, like, 80, this will be really awesome. Like, every
2: year, it'll just get better and better. Oh. Thank you.
1: And, so, and I got um, a
2: Barack Obama... Royal uh, Bobblehead Okay so the story Behind that Max (laughs) Is this
0: Uh, So as you know I was in Philadelphia Uh, With our good Good friend Sean Dawson Mm -hmm. And uh, as we walked Through Philadelphia Which is you know A very historic uh, city The original capital That's right man Ben Franklin Uh, And all that shit and they, uh, we saw this uh, in a window, and Sean and I were like, this is hilarious. Should we get this for Max's birthday? Because mm. as you know, we went a little bit ago, and yeah. your birthday just passed. Yeah. My, my original plan was to come in on the next pod and I was going to present you this, because Sean and I did go splits on this gift. This oh, was nice. actually originally a birthday gift from Sean and I.
2: Oh, thank you, Sean. really but appreciate then it. then once I missed that window, <laughs> I thought
0: this will be perfect for the uh, the holiday episode. Oh, I love so Barack Obama so much. So now it's a Christmas gift
2: just from you. That's right. Nice. It ties in nicely to the last episode where I said I'd invite Barack Obama to my birthday party. That's right. Oh, man, I miss that guy so much.
0: So I hope you enjoy this bobblehead yeah. uh, And sh- you can thank Sean tonight On the pub crawl Okay I will Thank we you are Sean our, Thank you so much Yeah we're doing our that's pub so nice. crawl tonight and uh, So the, anyway That's how I thought We, we should kick off uh, the, the, the series of six episodes You guys will be hearing Every day
2: uh, Over the holidays You know Yeah there's a great uh, Onion headline uh, Sort of so there's a great Onion headline related to this very idea where because we gave a little gift to Webby D for Christmas because yeah, it was fun. Work. The best. Love and Webby then D. he just sends a screenshot back to me of an Onion Art headline, which is Area Man has little present for you. And it's OK that you don't have present for Area Man, too. <laughs> 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 anyway, shouts to Webby D. Shouts to
0: Webby D. So, guys, you want to just get right into our, our first uh, sort of holiday uh, year wrap-up yeah, episode of the year. Mm-hmm. So. The theme today, I'm sure you've already read it in the description, is going to be uh, our favorite TV or movie from 2019. So, you, you know, we wanted to leave it a little bit broad. So maybe you don't watch a lot of movies. Maybe watch more TV. Uh, maybe watch more movies and not enough TV. So you can pick any uh, mm-hmm. from either of those sort of formats. Uh, who wants to start? start? Yeah.
1: You are a pop culture aficionado. Mm-hmm. I know I am. Um, <laughs> so you want me to say the best TV show
2: you Oh, just the thing that you liked or that you enjoyed the most or you'd recommend or just something that was like particularly impactful to you.
1: Okay, I know I know the answer, but I feel like I'm going to steal your answer. No, anyways.
2: I got a different one than you think. Go. You're not saying Fleabag? Oh, I am saying Fleabag. Okay. <laughs> I love how clever you <laughs> thought you were
1: there. So smart. <laughs> I have this little show that only I know about. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fleabag. Fleabag. Fleabag was just a very, very, very good show. Yeah, and It ca- caught me off guard. Succession's obviously yeah. amazing. Uh, season two, I'd, I'd say, is almost like a, mm-hmm. a new show in of itself because I think it got a lot better in the second season. Yeah, I like two like yeah. seasons equally, I thought,
2: that.
0: We're yeah. talking about Succession or Fleabag? Yeah. Succession. Succession. We'll get to Succession in a bit. T- tell people why Fleabag is so good and why they should maybe give it a chance if they haven't. Because even though it is obviously become one of the biggest buzz shows of 2019, one of, you know, uh, Phoebe Walbert-Bridge, who Max said he wanted at his birthday party, yeah. she just won a couple Emmys for writing, I think, and for acting. Um and so the show is a big buzz show, but a lot of people still haven't seen it. I'm one of them, actually. I'm embarrassed to say, just because it's hard to find time.
1: Well, you tried to get into it.
0: I, I watched the first episode uh, with Danica, and it, it was good, but it wasn't like. And this is the first episode of season one. I was like, I was into it, but I wasn't like, I'm so compelled to watch the rest. Although I know, and Shannon said, it gets awesome as it goes along. I just didn't have time to go back because I ended up watching some other shows, which I'll discuss once we get to my part. But uh, maybe you guys should discuss why people should watch. Yeah, it. Yeah,
1: because Fleabag also. Isn't from this year, and you, and you yeah. told us at the beginning of this, let's not get too nitpicky. Mm-hmm. But I do think definitely season two of Fleabags better
2: than season one. Yeah, I'd say the um, I like both. I don't know, okay.
1: I'm, but again, I'm not, but, but the, the reason I like it is because I think like three or four episodes in, it's the type of show you watch and you go, Wait, how is this? so good Mm -hmm. how can this person be nailing the character so expertly and i was talking to alex my wife and i was just saying she has to be the writer director actor that's the only way this show can be Mm. so good and we were like debating whether or not that that was true i thought it was pretty rare because i'd never really heard of her her before Mm -hmm. and i looked it up and she was all three of those things Mm. so it's very like well 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 done the editing's insane she's talking to camera which is one of the stupidest ideas you could ever have, probably, and she pulls it off and does it well and makes it feel like another show could maybe do it too, and probably will fail horribly because yeah. it's it's not a thing that you ever see outside of uh, what's uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, yeah. Right? oh, uh, like
0: like as a storytelling device, it can be very lame. And she's yeah. What are what are other wall? places? Uh, Fresh Prince does. did it, I thought.
1: And I guess Wolf of Wall Street maybe has a moment. Yeah, where that happens, but. Yeah.
0: But it's usually done in, in like a narration, not like a, I'm going to break the fourth wall and talk directly to camera like a Zach Morris.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I loved it because, you know, there's there's a lot of great television shows that I have not watched. I'm like yeah. very embarrassed to say that I never watched Breaking Bad, didn't watch The Sopranos, didn't watch The Wire. So, like, I'm not. Madman? A madman. Mad I watched a bit of it. Wow. I'm not a huge TV buff. Um, but when I do fall in love with the show, I fall hard. And and it happened for me a couple of times. Like, Succession this year, I loved a lot. I'm in the middle of Peaky Blinders right now, and Peaky Blinders is very, very good. The thing about a lot of these shows, though, it's like when you're telling somebody to watch it, it's a big commitment. If somebody says, "You got to do it," you're going to love it. And then I just like look. Okay, Breaking Bad is what six seasons, and it's like each episode's an hour long, and there's 12 episodes, and, each, and like to me, it's just like the whole thing is daunting. and I feel like I'm never going to catch up. What's brilliant about Fleabag, and which is the case, which a lot with a lot of UK shows, two seasons. Each episode is 25 minutes long. You'll blow right through them, and then you'll be done. And I just feel like it's a very— Well, six episodes per season. Six episodes per yeah. season, and they're only 26 minutes. And, and it's like the watch itself is kind of a cross between like a delightful, funny— but also like heartbreaking experience all in one, but it never gets too heavy where you're like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for this. It's like, very easy to throw on and just enjoy. It gets heavy, just and awkward, just in, just the right amount. <laughs> um, and so aside from all that though, you, and then you begin to do the deep dive on Phoebe Waller bridge and you're like, I fucking love this story so much. She's like, our right. age. She's like, what in her early to mid thirties, this, the show was developed from a play, like a one person play she wrote and performed in England. And, um, Then she ends up being the the head writer on uh, Killing Eve. Yeah, and then you hear, oh, Daniel Craig loves her, and she and he she's going to write for the new Bond. All these things sort of start adding up to like the most sort of like I don't know, just like charming feel good story about this like young woman in the British theater world that is just like taking over America. And then after the show gets really big, she goes and performs it on. She goes back and performs it on whatever the British version of Broadway is. So, she, so like after the show was done, she goes back and does another round of theater. And there's like uh, pictures of her like bringing scotch to everybody waiting in line outside the theater, wow. like pouring drinks. Anyway, just like everything she does is right in my alley. And last thing I'll say <laughs> is she did. Um, she has a, if you if you want, uh, if you're not totally sold on this pitch. Uh, she has an interview with Terry Gross on Fresh Air and uh she just comes off so down to earth so self-aware she doesn't take herself too seriously but clearly she's one of the most ambitious people in the game and uh yeah it's just it's just like I think a lot of the reasons why people liked Lena Dunham in the early days before she started to get on people's nerves is is the sweet spot that Phoebe Bridges is in Phoebe Waller bridges in now and that's I'm not to, I'm just comparing because they're two like female a- auteurs is that the word you say sure auteurs that, yeah. that, that make this very real brand of sort of like coming of age stories for young women do you think people will turn on phoebe waller bridge um, i don't know she she seems to be uh i feel like lena Dunham had, had like a certain penchant for like putting her foot in her mouth and by the way i have a lot of respect and sort of sympathy for lena dunham and the position that she was sort of in for like the previous four or five years. Because mm-hmm. I think she's a generally like a very good person and stands for the right things. She just had like, was just bad at saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Often, I don't know, people were all rich just like based on the interview <laughs> with Terry Gross and other interviews I've seen. She, she has a coolness to her. Which, know, which people used to
1: say that about Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Then sure. they turned on her. Yeah.
0: Well, my question would be like, like uh, people turn on successful people. Like my question would be like, what's the next thing she does and does it deliver you know it's like David Simons like sort of, or, or like Matt Weiner like these sort of showrunners I mean they're not also actors I'm trying to think of someone like her who's like a performer writer director that appears in their own stuff that has sort of been celebrated like can anyone think of a, a comp Woody Allen thank you mm-hmm. people haven't turned on him no so. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be all right uh no yeah, I was trying to think like like have people turned on Tarantino I mean he doesn't perform though
2: What's what's like this generation? Who would be like the male equivalent? I'm trying to think. Of, uh, a Donald Glover. Oh uh, yeah, Donald Glover. He's pretty well loved. Atlanta. I don't, I don't think anybody yeah. hates on Donald Glover really at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I guess
0: what I'm saying is it's like yeah, you could. I mean, you know, they always say the whole thing with pop culture is we build celebrities up to take them down, and then we get to see them make a comeback, and it's kind of the cyclical thing that we like to see as as uh, sort of observers of these things. Um, but if the work stays really good then i think in general i don't know if people turn right
2: yeah yeah and also i feel like she has really become famous in the last 3 years and that's as like a fully developed adult basically as like when you become famous when you're like in your early 30s and you come from like the british theater system is is renowned for like it's really about like the ensemble and it's not about like Hollywood, it's about like, oh, you do some time on the stage and then you do a TV show and then you do a movie and it's all about sort of being a part of the production. It's not about mm-hmm. the ce- the celebrity and mm-hmm. the way it is on the American side. And I feel like that will all serve her well as she navigates her future. I think it's good for her longevity. But it'll be interesting to see what the next thing is. And
1: People like a little bit of change and growth. They don't like, even if it's good, like Wes Anderson was always good. But then things got too Wes Anderson-y for people, even if the films were good, you know what I mean? Mm. And then... uh
0: like, if her next thing looks like this. And if
1: she's talking to camera, it's like, yeah.
2: even if it's great, it'll be like, okay, enough with this. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, people yeah. People do grow tired of that. That'll right? be the criticism. You know, it's another strategy, which is interesting to think about, is um, how quickly, like, what her output is, basically, over the next, like, five years. Because if she doesn't do enough stuff, and then the one thing she's, like, building everyone up for is a dud, then she, she'll drop a lot. But if she does too much stuff, I don't know. It's just, like, what is the right amount of, of stuff to be producing? Yeah, Because some people are really prolific. And some people, uh, maybe I could stand to produce more. And if you're in that category of like not doing a ton, which I want to talk about in my music uh, top top music thing, yeah, um, which we'll get to, is uh, yeah. So I don't wonder how because she signed that big Amazon deal. So I wonder when the next thing is going to come out. Mm -hmm. She was like a twenty million dollar like development deal with Amazon.
0: Well, I mean, it's good. If I'm Amazon, I'm happy to be in the business of her. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It feels like probably the safest bet in. Uh, 2020.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, and just what would, would be the best way to describe Fleabag for, for anybody who's like, okay, what is this show actually about? It's basically about.
0: It's like an anti hero, like sort of a flawed uh, protagonist who's like. A young um,
2: woman living yeah. in London who has a strained relationship with her sister and her father. And there's some people closer in her life that have passed away recently. And borderline her, sociopathic tendencies. Sort of, but you kind of relate to all of them on a certain level. Mm-hmm. At least I did.
1: And she seems like she could be, again, borderline sex addict. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't say that if it was a man. I don't know. But definitely. Sure. Yeah, she gets labeled as that. Yeah.
2: But yeah, but it's really it's just like um, it's a character study. It's a character study, and it feels like brutally honest uh, in all the right ways, or something. Yeah, in, in a way that I'm just like every young person who is like a millennial trying to figure it out. You know, living in the big city, working kind of shitty jobs, trying to like keep her family kind of together, and like. It ring a lot of the stuff that she does rings true. I, I think to me and a lot of my
1: friends. It's the only sh- series I think I've ever finished with my wife. Mm. It's her favorite show.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I just rec- yeah, recommend it to everybody, it's, and you'll blow through it. Mike, what's your favorite?
0: Wow. I mean, that that was a good one. Just because you guys uh, you both had that in common, mm-hmm. so it was good to go in depth. I mean, al- along with you guys, like I obviously am a huge fan of Succession. I actually thought Shane was going to pick Succession, so I. I picked a, an alternative television one just thinking that Succession was going to get picked. But I, I think Succession is probably the best show on oh, TV right now. so good. Now. We can talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, that was my favorite TV. I was going to quickly go through through movies. I was just going to say, like, the two films I enjoyed the most this year. We don't have to go into them. We've talked about them on this pod already uh, in the past. But I loved uh, – I, I really enjoyed Parasite and yep. I really enjoyed Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah. Those were probably Ooh. the two films that, like, I saw this year that I was like, I'm so glad I took two hours out of my day. And I got to see that. And we always talk about how time is, you know, it's hard to find the time these days to watch stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if, 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 if Fleabag had come out five years ago, there's no way, or even two years before I had a kid, it's like, that gets watched. I'll, I'll binge that. Like, just based on Shane's strong recommendation one day in The Office where he's like, this show's fucking awesome. I would have went home and I would have watched all that night. It's hard to find the time. Two of the films, like I said, this year that I watched I loved were Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, yeah, for TV, um, runner-up. Watchmen, uh which is like you know you guys know like eileen sort of like sci-fi uh mm-hmm. fantasy it's comic book and i'm not necessarily a comic book guy but lindelof does that show it's on hbo i think it was such a, a an amazing nine episode sort of like self-contained story which is so, sort of referenced the source material uh, and just done in such an amazing uh, uh sort of like compelling way that unfolded as it went so i was into it the whole time so Watchmen, check it out but now yeah succession best show on tv you guys both watch it oh yeah, Who, yeah.
2: who's your favorite character
0: <clears throat> well I mean geez like the comic relief is obviously Greg the egg and uh, and um, um, oh my goodness uh, who's who's uh, Kieran Culkin. no 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 the, 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 the husband Greg and oh, uh, Tom Tom, Tom thank you Tom and Gre- the Tom and Greg show is kind of like the self-contained comedy within the sort of like more dramatic mm. stuff I remember reading an interview and it was like sometimes like do those guys feel like they're acting in a different show than the rest <laughs> of the cast because tonally this sort of so different but, yeah, I don't know. Who's my favorite character? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I enjoy Kendall's plight. For some reason, I, I like watching the sort of weird tragedy of Kendall's situation and inability to sort of, like, overcome his own sort of, like, fail son ways and, and also impress his dad living in his shadow. Do you think
2: Kendall's the best person on the show? Ugh,
0: that's a – Shane I had this talk, like –
2: like, like, who do you think? Because, because they're, they're all kind of reprehensible, selfish people on a certain level. Yeah. But then, I for some reason I feel like Kendall has the biggest heart. But, but maybe he's just made such so many dumb, foolish decisions because he's selfish that I'm getting confused. I think, I think Greg has the biggest heart. Oh, yeah. World. I wouldn't put Greg in the family, though, just because he's like... Cousin Greg? Cousin Greg. Okay. Even uh, though his name's Cousin in Greg. In the family, is
1: kind of a part of his name, though. <laughs> like, yeah. Cousin he's Greg. cousin. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Kendall
0: is definitely the most sensitive. So when you say he's the biggest heart, does he? I no, mean, no, no. well, because when you go like heart, like, well, what are his motivations? Like, he cares what his dad thinks. He wants to impress his
2: dad. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: like, what informs the the reason he does things? You know, is it because yeah. he wants to do the right thing, or does he want to do the thing that will impress his dad? I just
2: think he. You're right that he does want to impress his dad. I think he's the most sort of mm, like emotionally. Yeah, in tune even, even though he does asshole things all the time remember he like sends the girlfriend home because she said the word awesome too many times at the, yeah, of the dinner yeah yeah like he's, great he, scene, by yeah the. great mm. scene yeah great scene he can be a fucking dick but he does seem like he has the most amount of empathy where the well the camera go.
1: lingers on him the most after a scene mm. where you see him thinking yeah. the most so that lends itself to thinking oh he's he's hurting about this or he's really this is a hard decision mm. for him whereas because he's the main character right yeah who's your favorite character I love Karen Calkins' character oh I love him yeah. so much.
2: I like, I could go. I wanted like a, just a super cut of all of the insults he mm-hmm. says. Like, he's so funny. And I feel like I know him or mm. something.
1: I feel like I know him in real life, even though I don't. Like, he, he's so perfect for that role. Yeah. In real life, he's also the biggest ToeJam Jam and Earl fan, too. Oh, <laughs> really? So, yeah. Him and uh, Macaulay are obsessed with that game. Oh, uh, wow. In fact, uh, uh, Macaulay's company was a pr- uh, producer of the game. The oh, week. wow. <laughs> but I listened to a podcast with them and they were talking to uh, Greg Johnson, who mm. we also talked to on this podcast. Yeah, mm. go back and listen to that. Uh, But anyway, yeah, Karen Calkins' character. Who, who, his name's Roman. Roman, Roman yeah. Yeah, yeah, Roman.
0: And Shiv, uh, I think, is a great character. Oh. All the children are awesome. Even Connor, the oldest son, who's yeah. not part of the business, but he's running his presidential campaign and he <laughs> also is like this shitty fail son that has to ask his dad for money all the time. <laughs> and
1: he's secretly much older uh, in real life than he plays on the show, I right? I think so, yeah. He yeah. was on well, he, Paris Bueller's Day Off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were telling me all this awesome information about. Yeah, there's uh,
0: a big feature on the actor um, who plays uh, uh, Connor. He he's from Ferris Bueller, like Max said, but he's like, yeah, he's older, and he ended up marrying the actor from that show, The Killing, um, Mm. who's much younger than him. So he has like a like a young family now. Oh wow! Like even though he's like something like fifty six or fifty seven, and he's like obsessed with energy drinks. (laughs) <laughs> what yeah they end up talking to the 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 the, <laughs> to say the that. actress that plays willa on succession so she has all these scenes with him she's like yeah he loves energy drinks he's always drinking his energy drinks that's and so funny he, he just kind of had a very funny interview but mm. um
2: yeah i liked him a lot <laughs> there's three things that i really love about the show um number one it's perfectly cast like given that I didn't really know really any of the actors, I like yeah. may you know maybe vaguely recognize them. Sorry, he's sixty three years 63, old. Sixty three, thank you. Yeah, he looks like he's fifty. Yeah. What's his
0: name? What's that actor's Alan name? Ruck. Alan Rock. Alan Rock. I can't yeah. believe I, I I drew a blank on that. Yeah. But yeah, no. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, no, you. No, But okay. I was gonna say you if you if you can and you're listening to this and you're into this sort of thing, go and read that feature on the Ringer because they go oh, into the Ringer. Okay, yeah. So they they talk, he So basically, he was in a play with uh, Matthew Broderick. That uh, a casting director had seen. And Matthew Broderick was something like 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 20 or something. Yeah. So they're going to cast him as a high school uh, actor in Ferris Bueller. And they were trying to cast the friend role the, mm. the, in uh, Ferris Bueller. And because he does this this scene with, the, or he's in this play with Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck's like 10 years older than him. Oh, wow. in the play, but the chemistry was so good mm. that they end up casting him in Ferris Bueller, and it sort of launches like the movie. Anyway, he goes into the whole story about have being told to go fly out to Chicago. He's like, "I don't want to audition anymore. I'm doing theater." Blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, and then Broderick has a bunch of funny stories about how this guy already had like a family and shit was like 30, and the rest of them were all like uh. <laughs> in the cast. But it's a really cool feature. So go re- go read that about. Anyway, you were going to. say Well, start.
2: I went down the succession like deep dive after the, the two seasons. So I just wanted to read everything about it. So I love. It feels like it's cast perfectly. There isn't one character. Germ's like, I don't like It's like everybody seems perfectly believable. And maybe because none of them are huge stars, at least in my mind, that it's like I'm not. You know, when you're like Leo's in something, you're like, I'm watching kind of Leo. I'm not watching the character he's playing. Do you know how that can happen sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, but but when they're more unknown, you're just like, no, Kendall is just that guy or, you know, Tom Walshance is just that guy. Did you, you know that Tom is British? I did know that. Yeah. So, okay, I love that. I love the names of the characters. I think they're perfectly named. Like, weird, like, Roman, Kendall, Siobhan, Siobhan Connor. See, like-
1: I think Kieran Culkin's character should be named Kendall. <laughs> oh, really? That seems way more like a Kendall to me. Oh, interesting. And I, think, and I think uh, Kendall should be called Connor? No, I think Kendall should be called Roman. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Yeah, I can see that. That I, would be I, your note. If you were producing the show before it launched, that would if you it were It fucks McKay. me up
1: anytime someone says Roman. I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, they're talking about someone different.
2: Mm. Okay. Then the third thing I really like, which happens occasionally, and I can't think of the last time it happened to me, but the theme song is so fucking good... Yeah, it is. ...that... And they bring it back in different variations throughout every episode. So, obviously, and sometimes you won't even know, but if you listen close, you're like, oh, this is just an alternate version. Oh, this is an old show trick. Yeah. Like, for dramas, this is, yeah. It's so fucking effective, (laughs) but it gets me so jacked up. Oh, yeah. Every time it comes on, it's like the perfect song for that show. And
0: Twin Peaks did that a lot. Uh, The Leftovers did that amazingly. But But go on. But I just think
2: that, yeah, okay, so clearly it's been done plenty of times before. But I just think... It's just like the perfect piece of music for the show and it's hard to execute because um, I'm watching Peaky Blinders right now and I really like that show. I think Second time you brought that up. Yeah. I think the theme song isn't great. I think it's not as strong as it could be. So I just think that they really uh, – just, it's just like I love the feeling when the song kicks in. It literally gives me like – gets me high. Just, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so fucking cool. So I appreciate that. And the last thing I'll say is that um, there's a quickness to the writing and there's sort of like like a wicked sort of like cynical clever like wordplay that happens and i'm like who who writes this show it's a brit which to- mm, yeah. totally makes sense when you when you watch the show and you, and then you and you think about oh a british person is writing the script it makes so much more sense well brian cox is british too yeah who's that he's the the dad oh and he's yeah he's the dad logan but
0: mm-hmm. the guy who Siobhan. australian really that's right he fooled me
2: but um <laughs> no it's true yeah um but yeah the because um oh, fuck i forget that there's a couple of british shows that i've watched that the creator of this show has written and i'm like oh that makes oh so interesting sense. But, yeah. so you end up watching this
0: guy's work again yeah. without knowing it yeah um dana can i actually speaking of the actor who plays tom uh who's british we said he is the lead in the cure nightly version of Pride and Prejudice. Oh
2: yeah, that's right.
0: And so Danica and I, because we, she's now jumped in on watching Succession with me. It was kind of one of those perfect shows where I'd be watching it, and she didn't really watch it with me. And then she kind of sat in for a couple episodes, and then it's like you're in. And then so after season two ended, we decided to watch Pride and Prejudice again, just to watch Tom as like a leading dashing British man
2: opposite Keira Knightley. Does he pull it off? He does. Wow. One more thing, which I love about Succession is each episode is its own little movie. And they do a really good job of, of making um, scene changes because instead of just taking place in the financial district of New York and the Hamptons, they're like, all right, we're doing an episode in Arizona. Oh, we're going to Eastern Europe for a thing. Oh, we're doing an episode in a rave. You know what I mean? It's like I think On a boat. Th- yeah. On a boat. It's like it, it would, the show would get a lot more stale if it was just them walking in and out of the same mm. office building every time. Well, it's very experiential. Yeah. But the fact that like you, they kind of take us around the world.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, this is how the better half lives. You oh get my that God. feeling, too. Oh, you
2: totally get it. And you also, they do such an amazing job of just ha- of, of demonstrating how normal they see their own life. They, like, them getting on a yacht in the middle of the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm on the yacht. Like, nobody is like, oh, yeah, like, we're on a yacht. No, they get
0: around, like, New York by helicopter, yeah. and it's just normal.
2: Yeah, it's just that, as if they're getting into an Uber. Yeah. Is this the show Billions Wishes It Was?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So as we wrap it up, what were the best? uh, So we've said that Fleabag, Succession, for me, I thought Watchmen was a a really good runner up for best TV shows uh, of the year. I mentioned that for films, I really dug Parasite. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you guys got any other films you want to throw out there?
1: I was going to say, I thought the format was going to be what do we think is the film of the year. So publicly, I would say Joker. Mm. And then personally, I would say Honey Boy. Um, You
0: mentioned Honey Boy and another, but we actually went deep on that with Shia LaBeouf. You thought it was great.
1: Shane, do you yeah. have any predictions for twenty twenty? Any movies? Uncut Gems wait, was amazing yeah. too. Oh, I can't wait to That's see that. That's up there. You didn't like Uncut Gems. No, I no, no, no. I, here's the thing. Don't say anything more. I don't even want
2: I to put either of your opinions. Oh, really? No. Okay. Because I'm gonna see that. I wanna go I, I nuanced. You're becoming your dad, Matt. You are. Oh, put my the headphones God. on. I did I put the headphone my headphones on in the movie theater uh the other day when I went to see Parasite. And Lauren was like, slap me. She's like, no, you're not going to do that. You but I don't think he
1: was going to say any plot. I wasn't. So no, I no.
0: All I'll say is this. I have a nuanced take on my thoughts on the film.
1: Okay, fair enough. And have they ch- have they changed from nope. your original thought? They haven't. So you still did not like the film?
0: No, no, no. I think it was a ver- an excellently done film.
1: Oh, it's just you don't like the way it made you feel? Yeah.
0: We're talking Ratchet. about uncut gems here. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, any predictions, Shane,
2: for 2020? Any new releases? That here's, you
0: here's a prediction for you. Sandler gets nominated for an Oscar. Mm. Sandler?
2: I like the way you said that, like Sandler. I like Sandman
0: that. gets nominated. Did you guys see those clips of him hooping, by the way? No, I, oh, I listened yeah. the podcast. People have
1: been it. sending it to me, and Mike was one of them, mm. that he plays like me. He does. And he does. I watched. So I was like, I want it. I saw the one pass, obviously. Yeah. And then I went down the rabbit hole of Sandler clips. There's a 30 minute. Uh, like professionally filmed thing of him playing with all these 50 year old dudes. There's a ref, there's commentators, and he plays exactly like me. It's hilarious. <laughs> you got to watch it. It's I, very will, interesting. I will.
2: Okay, so Sandman gets a, an Oscar nom. Do you got any 2020 predictions? Any mm-hmm. of your favorite actors or directors doing stuff?
1: Uh, no, be, well it's hard for me because I don't go on predictions, I go to IMDB, I see what they're working on and then I know when the movie's coming out, and usually it's two years in advance. Mm, okay. So I, I can't 2021. 20, yeah. You got anything, Max? No. Because you said you weren't going to force this uh, subject down our throats, you're like, if you got any predictions, <laughs> just say <laughs> it, don't worry, I'm not going to put you on the spot, no pressure. And then you put me on the spot.